Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach and I pray that tonight that our lives will be supernaturally transformed by the entrance of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say loud amen? Amen. Okay, that's better. Second Samuel chapter 23, we're talking about attempt great things for God. Attempt great things for God. We're looking at the statement made by a missionary by the name called William Carey. He said, expect great things from God and do what? Attempt great things for God. Most times our lives are, we live our lives almost one-sided. And what do I mean by when I say we live our lives one-sided? We live our lives just expecting great things from God. You see, people always say, you know, I'm expecting God to do this for me. I want God to do this for me. I want God to do that for me. And, and sometimes, even if we're not careful, we begin to get offended at God or with God if certain things don't happen. But, you see, we need to sit back and ask ourselves, what are we doing for God? You have to ask yourself that question. What am I doing for God? What am I doing for the kingdom? Am I attempting to do certain things for the kingdom? Or I'm just expecting God to do certain things for me? And so we, we looked at the life of the three mighty men of David in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 17. When David wanted water from the, the, the well that was guarded by the Philistines. The Bible says in verse 17, and he said, Far be it from me, O Lord. That I should do this when the people went to bring the water? Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he will not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men of David. One man desired to just drink water. And three men risked their lives to give this man water. Just three men. And what they heard was just a desire. David just said, I want to drink water. And these guys went broke the rank of the Philistines to give David water to drink. And, and I, ask, we, I keep asking ourselves, what is the desire of God? God wants souls to be saved. God wants men to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants his house to be filled. The question is, what are we doing with our lives to get these goals met? You know, when I look at my life and, and, and uh, I try to um, compare the sacrifices that people put for other things, temporary things, you discover that we're not doing enough for God. You know, you realize, for instance, those of us on the island, right? You realize that as dangerous as, uh, well, uh, I will not say dangerous, but as risky as the waters are, there are people who go through that water every day. 
Am I right? Come on, talk to me. Am I right? Every day to get something to sell. Even if they heard, oh, a boat capsized, they, they, they would just say, ah, it's not my portion. They will still go. Risking their lives just to get something to eat. But if you tell those same people, oh, we have a program in Port Harcourt. Oh, I, I need booking. Oh, we couldn't get booking. Ah, sorry, I won't be able to enter the water. Why? Because when it comes to the things of God, we tend to lower the sacrifice. When it comes to the things of God, we lower the sacrifice. One of my goals in life is till I drop my last breath, I want to be someone who did so much for the kingdom. So much. So much. Every day of my life, I keep thinking how much more can we do ministry? How much more? What more can we do? I was thinking about it today. Evil is not rescinding. Darkness is not going back. Things are getting worse. We're not just going to sit down and wish, oh, I wish the Lord would come take us from here. That's an embarrassment. Take us. Why? Because we're scared? Or because we're lazy? I want to be at the forefront of the battle of advancing the kingdom of God. I want to be at the forefront of sacrifice. I want to be at the forefront of advancing the purposes of God. Is there more that we can do for the Lord? Is there more commitment we can put in the house of God? Attempt great things for God. Try to want in your life to go all the way for the kingdom. Let's live our lives doing things that will count eternally so the sacrifice that people put to get natural things done so on sunday we talked about attempt to have an intercessory life attempt to be a man of prayer attempt to be a woman of prayer we talked about anna right the the, the widow luke chapter 2 verse 36 luke 2 36 we talked about anna the widow 85 years, Luke 2, 36. And the mama says she was praying. And she wasn't just praying for herself. She was praying for the salvation of Jerusalem. Attempt to be a great intercessor. Now there was one Anna. Okay, and this woman was a widow of about 84. No, no, no. Now there was one. Oh, come on, guys. Leave it there. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. Who did not depart from the temple. But served God. With fasting and prayers night and day. 84 years old widow. You would ask yourself. What is she looking for in the temple? She didn't go to collect welfare. She didn't go so they can help him. She wasn't going there to say. You know I'm a widow. The church should care for the widow. Rather she went there. And praying and fasting. What an example. Of someone who did great things for God. We're listening, myself and my wife, we're listening to a message by a, a guy, an evangelist in the UK. His name is Canon J. John. And he was sharing the story of, of, of a missionary by the name of David Livingstone. Some of you will know him, who came to Africa. And there was one particular night, I don't know whether within Congo or those East African region, David Livingstone was there. And the head of this African tribe sent him a message and says, Tonight, we are going to kill you. For bringing the gospel. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. 
He says, we're going to kill you tonight. They sent the message to David, David Livingstone. And he just said, well, I mean, so he was writing in his diary. You know, if tonight was going to be his last night. You know, you know how you feel if someone sent you a message? That we're going to kill you tonight? I mean, you're a white man amongst black people, so it's not like you can hide. I know, and not among black people like us that are wearing suits and dressing well, among black people with spares in their hands and leaves around their waist. So you can't explain. But he says that night, they did not come. He didn't know what happened. Many years later, he went back. And he was sharing the testimony. Oh, oh rather, the, the later that man, the tribal chief, uh, chief, became a Christian. So he, David Livingstone asked him, he says, you, there was a night you and your people were going to come kill me, but you didn't come. What happened? And the man says, said to him, we came. He says, but when we came, we saw 39 giants around your compound. So, of course... I mean, whatever they saw, the fact that I was alive is okay. <laughs> and then, when he went back, giving missions reports, he mentioned that particular incident and mentioned the particular day. And then a, a, an, an old man came to him after the end of the meeting. Because in those days, missionaries will go back, give report, and showed him his diary. He says, was it this particular night? that this incident was supposed to happen. And David Livingston checked his diary. It was the same night. And he says, that night, the Lord gave us a body to pray for you. And 39 of us were praying for you. 39 of us were praying for you. And because those 39 people stood in the place of prayer for David Livingstone, the Lord was able to use their prayer to intervene and save his life. John Wesley said, it's as if God will do nothing except man prays. We must become a people of prayer. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We must become what? A people of prayer. We must learn to pray. We must learn to push the boundaries of darkness backwards in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Number two, attempt to have an extreme generous life towards the gospel. First Chronicles chapter 29. Give me that quickly. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 1 to 3. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 1 to 3. Attempt to have an extreme generous life towards the gospel. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. Somebody say the work is great. Come on, say it one more time. Say the work is great. You know you can't say the work is great. <laughs> <laughs> the work is great. Yeah. Because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. Someone says all my might. Look at how David was saying this. He says with all my might, gold for the things to be made of gold. Silver for the things of silver. Bronze for the things of bronze. Iron for the things of iron. Wood for the things of wood, stones to be set, glistening stones for various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble and slabs in abundance. The next verse, verse 3. Moreover, because I've set my affection on the house of my God, 
I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I've prepared for the holy house. My own special treasure of gold and silver. This was a man who God says you can't build the temple because you've got blood in your hands. But he says, listen, for the things of gold, I'm going to get gold ready. For the things of silver, I'm going to get silver ready. Are you the type that when we need to get something in church and where we can use something, say, no, let's just manage it. Are you extremely generous towards the gospel? He says, because I've set my affection in the house of God. Listen, I'll tell you something. The, to preach the gospel is expensive. To preach the gospel is expensive. I'll tell you the truth. If you are, most times you do not know how much it is to do the work of the ministry. Except you are directly involved in leadership. You will not know. We're about 160, right, in church. Maybe on a Sunday morning. Sometimes if we'll tell you how much the offering is, you will be embarrassed. And yet, from that offering, who will pay staff? Right? <laughs> we'll take care of the church. We'll still give you for welfare. We'll do everything. Because everybody assumes that there's one big giver. How many of you just know that in your heart that there is somebody giving to this church? They cannot be doing this if they don't have pillars. Everybody assumes that there's a pillar except them. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you generous towards the gospel? Look at how much we commit to our personal things. Look at how much. Look at how much our phones are worth. Look at how much the things we use are worth. How easy to walk into the market and bam, 60,000 is gone. And then we get into church. And it's time. And what happens? Just give them 200. It's enough. It's pastors. They have money. How do they have money? They just have. Are you generous? Have you given to God with all your might? Have you given to the gospel with all your might? Are you a giver? Isn't it amazing how most of us are struggling with with the tides of our income just 10 percent it's a struggle it's a struggle today we we got a, a call from someone in um or in ocean states who listened to our broadcast was blessed by it was asking for more materials how can we preach and reach those people if they were not people giving towards the television ministry you can't do ministry without resources. We're planting a new church in Podharkot. We need to get a property. We need to get stuff. Are you generous towards the gospel? Or are you living a self-centered life? Is it that every time God increases us, we must increase our standard of living so people will know that God has blessed us? You know, that's all it is about. Let God bless me. I'll get a new car. I'll get a new house. Change my children's school. <laughs> and do this and do that. Just something to show. That I am prosperous. Is it possible that God can bless you and you keep your standard of living the same so you can be generous towards the gospel? Be extremely generous towards the gospel. Attempt great things for God. Look at the life of Barnabas. Barnabas Acts chapter 4 
Acts chapter 4. If you want to read about David again, 1 Chronicles 21-24, you find a story there of how David was extremely generous towards the gospel. Acts chapter 4 verse 36. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. We're going to read from verse 36 to, to 37. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. The next verse, verse 37. Look at this. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Having land. Have you ever thought of selling something to fund the gospel? You know, we can't try this this time. If he tried it now, he will be on Facebook. Pastor collects Joseph's land. <laughs> what kind of church? How will you sell your land and give to pastors? How will you sell your land and give to God? Who is God? This is not the pastors taking the money. <laughs> we'll, we'll live in a generation that is, that is, that is, how do I put it now? Consciously and unconsciously, just pulling funds back from the kingdom, pulling funds back from the gospel. Anything that looks like sacrificial giving, it looks like you're not with your senses anymore. But it's okay to, to do stuff for ourselves. It's okay to go the extra mile for ourselves. It's okay to get good stuff for ourselves. But when it's the gospel, then let's take it easy. It's not how much. It's your heart. But yet, when you go and buy stuff in the supermarket, you don't say, it's my heart. You say, it's how much? But when it's the gospel, no, that's just your heart. Even if you don't have anything to give, God knows that you have the desire to give. <laughs> we have to learn to become extremely generous to the gospel. This man had land, no compulsion, nothing. Put it on sale. Give it. I'll tell you the truth. There are still people who are doing this for the Lord. For the kingdom to advance. It costs money to preach the gospel. It costs money. <laughs> I'm telling you. It costs money to preach the gospel. If we want to reach people. We'll have to spend crazy money. Because the truth of the matter is that some of the people we need to reach don't have the money. Are you following what I'm saying? Most of our trips, most of the trips I go and preach, when you hear pastor has gone, I'm the one that pays my fare, most of the trips. Most of the trips. Why do we do that? A burning desire to bring the message of life to people. A burning desire to bring them. I, I absolutely believe that... If I were to use all the resources that comes to my hand for my own life without having to preach, having to do all of this stuff within ministry, I'll be a wealthy man within the context. Because what is the sign to be a wealthy man? Have to, you know, have two cars, wear designer shoes, wear expensive wristwatches, you know, stay in a house where you are the only one but have six air conditioners. Even though you are freezing, put them on. Let the whole world know you have arrived. If you cannot go to Europe, let your house become like Europe. And you are drinking tea by 1 o'clock because please, it's extremely cold. That's a sign that we have escaped generational poverty. You know, if you look at your life right now, you see that you have things you don't really need. That you could have not gotten 
and could have done more. You see, any money spent for the gospel is eternal. Any money spent for the gospel is eternal. Praise the name of the Lord. Attempt great things for God. Psalm 68 verse 11 talks about a company of women who published the word. Psalm 68 verse 11, attempt great things for God. Attempt to be a giver. Support ministers of the gospel. Be a son of encouragement. Praise the name of the Lord. Be a what? Psalm 68 verse 11. Be a son of encouragement. Be someone who encourages your pastor or missionaries around you. Learn to be a son of encouragement. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Listen very carefully. Your needs will never reduce. If you're waiting for the day your needs will reduce to be a giver, you'll never be a giver. Your needs will never reduce. You have to be deliberate to say, listen, I want to partner with what God is doing. Hallelujah. You have to be deliberate. If you're waiting for the day things will get better so you can give, you'll never be a giver. You know, sometimes deliberately, I tell myself, I remember a couple of months back, about three months back, I just told my wife, I said, listen, whatever our allowance is this month, we want to give, let's just give everything away to the gospel. We had to do that because there were needs coming up. And we did that. And you know, the fact that we did that didn't mean the next week people ran to us with money. No, we had to cut our living down. We had to um, reduce certain things in the house. We had to make certain sacrifices. <clears throat> I personally, in my own life, stretch my giving. Don't think that I don't give. Don't think I only collect. You see, one day we sat down and we realized that for our own family, maybe percentage of our salary we use for ourselves is maybe like 40%. The rest of it is either we're doing ministry, we're going somewhere, we're doing something. I mean, it's not out of regret. There's no other life I'd rather live. But I just found out that you can decide to live for the kingdom. If you wait till you have all your needs met, you will never give. Learn to give deliberately. Learn to give worthy offerings to the Lord. Grow above this change mentality you were raised with. How much have you given to the Lord for the work of the gospel? To ministers of the gospel? Some of you will go to ministries like ours that the message is on free download all our messages are free you just be downloading 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 you realize that the website is paid for right talk to me realize the website is paid for right the people who put the stuff up they are paid right the graphic designers who design the nice they are paid the webmaster is paid the data to upload it is paid Everything there is paid for except your own free download. <laughs> Are you following that? But wh when you go to such ministries, what should be your mind? Your mind should be, let's give more so we can keep it on. And, and I, I mean, without send, sounding very personal in this message, that's the way we live. There's a music station. We, because of the broadcast we are in on might, um, satellite my, um, sat decoder, whatever that is. There's a music station we it's always on in our house. They play very good Hillsong worship music, very good. You know, 
it's been its own. It's more. It's even more on than the DSTV. And I told my wife, I said, by the time we get our allowance this month, we have to give to this station. Why are we giving? Because it's because someone gave. That's why we could enjoy those free worship music. If we want to keep it on, if we want other people to grow up, if we want our children to grow up and still hear that kind of music, what do we do? We partner with it. That's how to think as a believer. This is good. Like support it. Never come to the point in your life where you will need someone to manipulate you to give to the kingdom. Never get to that point. Be deliberate about your giving. Psalm 68 verse 11. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it, who published it. God has given us a message. We have to get together to publish it, to proclaim it. If we have to do stuff, it has to be sacrificial. We cannot plant churches without sacrifice. No, no church plants is without sacrifice. Nothing is without sacrifice in the kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. So attempt to have an extreme generous life. Hallelujah. Number two, attempt to build a place of worship. Attempt to build a place of worship. That's one way to attempt great things for God. I know, you know, we are the temple of the living God. But imagine if we didn't have this place to worship. Imagine if we didn't have this place to worship. Do you know how much ministries pay for rents? I was speaking with um, uh, my mentor, Pastor B. Uh, we're just talking about the place where they're worshiping now. They're trusting God for a bigger facility because the place is, 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 is packed out now. And in my mind, I'm just saying, God, raise people who can see a ministry like that and say, this ministry needs such a facility. Let's buy this building. Let's buy this building and just give it over to the ministry. Have you seen people come to build hotels? They'll buy some old buildings, bring everything down, right? And do what? And just build hotels or just build a club. Those people are attempting great things for the world. We can do the same for the kingdom. Hallelujah. We can do the same for the kingdom. One of the things, you know, one of the things that I, I desire that a goal in my life, I told the father to help me. I want to build churches for God. Yeah. It's one desire that I have. And when I mean churches now, not just in terms of the people, but buildings. We want to be able to mobilize believers so we can have buildings for, for God. Have buildings for pastors. Sometimes it will amaze you to see older men who have set God in ministry die in rented apartments. And yet the people they touched all their life have houses all over. We can attempt great things for God by building a place of worship. First Chronicles 29 that we read, David built a place of worship, built a place of worship for the house of God. Look at Luke chapter 7 verse 5. I like this. I like this so much. It's, it, it inspired me. Luke 7 verse 5. Luke 7 verse 5. Attempt to, to partner with your church to build a house for God. Some of you came from villages. <clears throat> Some of you came from villages that, you know, you see a church there. Maybe a touch house. Just as you are planning to build a house in your village, go and say, listen, I'll build a house for you guys. It doesn't have to be the church you attend. Build a house for God. I remember my, one of our friends is a missionary at, uh, I've forgotten this village, but you know, Western Nigeria there. 
Yoruba land somewhere there. And this couple, they were doing their 30th anniversary in, in a, a marriage anniversary. And they wanted to go on vacation abroad. They were believers. But he just told themselves, listen, we've always been going abroad. We've always been doing this. Since this year, let our 30th anniversary be to just build a house for God in this village. They went and built a very small, but beautiful. Imagine the joy of those villagers being able to worship. We can attend great things for God. I like this Luke chapter 7 verse 5. It says, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Talking about the centurion. And this really got to me because listen, the centurion didn't, didn't have to build anything. He's a Roman. Right. He didn't have to build. He didn't, it's not like he believed in the Jewish God. He just said, I love you guys. Okay. <laughs> build a synagogue for them to worship their God. Look at the jet. This guy is not a believer. So he wasn't building so God would do something for him. He just said, listen, I love you guys. I, I love the way you worship. Guys, come. Erect a structure for them. And you will still find maybe people in the synagogue who will be fighting. How can they be building synagogue when people are suffering? How can they build... <laughs> Here's hear some believers talk. How can they be building a synagogue when they can use it to feed the poor? Listen, this statement of Jesus, don't ever forget it. Jesus Christ says, the poor you will always have with you. Are you following what I'm saying? No one man will be able to eradicate poverty because poverty is a complex issue. It's complex because some people are poor by their choices, some people are poor by environment, some people are poor by circumstance. You can't solve everything. You can do the little you can, but that does not stop us from advancing the kingdom of God. He loved our nation and has built us a synagogue. They didn't set up a building committee. One man when we went to Burundi to preach, we're in Bujumbura. Place called Bujumbura in Burundi. We preached for this man. And oh, that dear man of God, an older man, about 60, 65 years, as we were driving along the streets of Bujumbura, he would point buildings to us. He, he used to be, I think, an engineer or something. He would say, That church, that's one of the churches I built. That's one of the churches I built. More than eight churches around Burundi that the man built. What a way to live. Attempt to partner and build a house for God. I remember um, the family friend of ours were discussing and mentioned to us about a minister who is serving in, in a region in Nigeria. And he said, come on, let's, let's get together and get this man of God the house. They got him a house. That's doing something great for God. Do you know how many pastors wake up night and day thinking of how to pay their rent? Praise God. How many of you have ever asked me if my rent is paid? <laughs> so I know you're a man of faith. They can't drive you. <laughs> you know I don't use faith to pay my landlord, right? These are things you should be concerned about. When we say attend great things for God, we're not saying go and answer a big title. Just care about the things that God cares about. You have a friend who is a pastor. You were classmates. Call them and ask them, how's the ministry? How's your rent? Attend great things for God. So I'll give you a very, a very simple example. We're going to plant a church in Podakot, 
Right. We have to get a property. We have to get a, a house for the person we're sending. All of these things, they're going to cost money. Even if we have faith in God, God is going to use someone to bring the resource. Be someone that God can count on. Attempt to build a house for God. Some of you should build churches in your villages. Build a place of worship. Haggai chapter 1 verse 4. Haggai chapter 1 verse 4. Attempt to build a place of worship. Haggai 1 4. God began to rebuke the whole nation. He says you live in paneled houses. Is it time for you yourself to dwell in paneled houses and the temple lie in ruins? Is it time for us to stay in comfortable places and we don't have a place of worship? I know there are people that there are places we cannot have a place of worship, but if we can have a place of worship, what stops us from building for the Lord? Hallelujah. Some of you don't have the money to give. There's nothing that stops you from volunteering when the building project is going on and say, listen, I want to give. Rather, if some of us volunteer, we'll be the one that will lead the, the labor union to fight the church for money. Say, I know I'm a member of this church, but I know my right according to the constitution of this country. If a man walk, he should be paid. You cannot pay us this man. You're a member of the church. You'll be the one to lead others. Say, don't worry. I know our pastor. He has money. He will pay us. <laughs> no heart to give. See, let me explain this to you. Some, one thing about life is not everywhere you go that you collect money. Even sometimes when they offer you, learn to decline. Certain things are seeds that you should allow only the Lord to reward you. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, God is giving me the privilege. I go minister to the Bankers Fellowship. And every time I go minister there and they want to bless me, I, I don't. The last time they were insisting. Oh, and I said, listen, I, I consider it a privilege to speak to the bankers and I consider it as part of my spiritual responsibility to minister to the workers of this island. It's not everywhere you collect honorarium. It's not everywhere. Someone calls you to the house and please come help me. Uh, just help me wash this car. You finish washing, you stand by the car with the key. <laughs> the man looks, you are holding the key like a dagger, like, okay, come and call it. I mean, it's not everywhere. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But let me tell you this. I've learned it in my life. Learn to listen to your spirits. Sometimes you will do certain things and your spirit will just say, don't worry, walk away. And you know what God is setting you up? God is setting you up for a mega harvest. Are you following what I'm saying? I've gone to preach in large churches. I remember one time I went to preach in a very large church. Large, larger than this church. Big church. Massive. And I just felt in my spirit, don't, don't receive whatever they give to you. Just, just go away. Even me, I was angry. <laughs> Do you understand? When God gives you an instruction, you now say, God, I'm obeying you because it's you. If it's someone else. How, how can you not receive? And when they brought the envelope, you know envelope where they, that they, this one is money. It's not that it's checked, so you, could, you will know that this one is loaded. Say, oh, don't worry, it is where and in your heart. You say, God, I hope this is not the devil because if I catch you. <laughs> but in that meeting, in that meeting was the president of the National Association of a particular university. And they told the man what happened. 
The man was shocked. I mean, it's not even now that a young minister will do that. And so he called me. And from there, relationship developed. That act was what made him to call me, not because of relationship developed. And for over four years, I consistently ministered to that whole association every year in the national conference. You see, though not accepting that seed was God's way of opening a door of ministry for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm not saying it's wrong, right? But if I had, there would not be anything different that probably would have sparked the man to build friendship with me. What am I saying? Always listen to your spirit. You can help someone today and the person wants to do, you refrain. I like what um, Elijah said. I'm writing a new book for ministers. Now it's called Ministers and Finances. And I like what Elijah told Gehazi. He said, is it time to receive money? Is it time? That means... There are certain times that is not time to receive. He said, is it time? Is it time? Gehazi went after two remnants of gold and, and, and of clothes and gold and collected leprosy together. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. Learn to listen to your spirit. Attempt great things for God. Number four. Attempt to be a missionary to the unreached. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. Attempt to be a missionary to the unreached. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. God's command to us, Mark 16, 15, is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Attempt to be what? To be a missionary to the unreached. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Take mission vacations. Attempt to take some time of your time and say, let's travel. Let's go with you. Let's go preach the gospel. Give a portion of your time to preaching the gospel. Preach in your streets. Preach around you. Go to schools. Preach the gospel. Don't be too big that you can no longer preach the gospel. Attempt to be a missionary. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know one of the things I'm praying that the Lord will allow us to do as a family. I mean I've shared it with my wife several times. It's for the Lord to just allow us to go to another nation. And just serve as missionaries. Just serve among the people of another culture. To attempt great things for God. You know I'll tell you this. It's one life you have. If you don't use it for the gospel, what else would you do with it? You know, when I was telling someone we're planning a church in Paraco, he said, how are you going to do it? I said, I'm going to be doing the church. He said, ah, but it's going to be stressful. I said, it's now that you can take the stress for the gospel. Not when you're old. Not when you're old. Have you seen all those people who do marketing? How they go from office to office, office to office, office to office, office to office. Even when you tell them, don't worry, they'll come again. When you tell them, I will get back to you, they will call you. <laughs> Marketers, wow. They train them, don't take no for an answer. Go again, go again, go again. Some of you are even selling products you don't know. When they now ask you questions, you now say, I will get back to you. Because <laughs> you know, but you are marketing it with passion. Yeah, have that same passion for the gospel. Attempt to be a missionary. 
When I was growing up, I used to read the magazines of T.L. Osborne in my dad's library. How T.L. Osborne would come to Nakuru, Kenya, and all of those nations. And they formed the desire for the nations in my heart. I, I love to go to the nations. African nations, for, 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 I mean, most of those African nations. Every day of my life, I pray that the Lord will open French-speaking Africa to us. Congo, uh, Côte d'Ivoire, Togo. Those nations, reaching them with the gospel. It might not be a very enviable life. It might not be a life where you will be able, you know, when people ask you, what are your assets? You might not be able to count many things. When people will say, well, I have a house in Dubai, I have a house in Australia, there's one in Abuja, there's one. You might not be able to count. You might just be saying, well, I have a Bible in my bedroom. I have one Bible in my car. <laughs> it, might not, it might just be, you might not be able to count many things. But attempt in your life to be a missionary. Yeah, for the gospel. Look at Paul's ambition. Romans 15, 20. Romans chapter 15, verse 20. Quickly, guys. Romans 15, verse 20. We want to look at Paul's ambition. Romans chapter 15 and verse 20. And so I've made it my aim. Look at this. To preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. I've made it my goal to preach the gospel. What goals do you have? Attempt great things for God. What goals do you have? Look at this. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. Romans 10 14. Attempt great things for God. Attempt to be a missionary to the unreached. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Many cannot hear without a preacher. Many cannot hear without a preacher. Be one that proclaims the gospel. Learn to be a preacher of the gospel. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. Proverbs 11 verse 30. We'll do one more we close. Proverbs 11 verse 30. Attempt to be a missionary to the unreached. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he will win soul is wise. Attempt to be a soul winner. Get people to the house of God. You know, I was very impressed by one of our brothers. He met me the other day and said, listen, there are a lot of guys in my area. I'd like to get them to church. Let's get them to church. That's how you should think. That's how you should think. What more can we do for the kingdom? Hallelujah. The last one. Attempt to lay hands on the sick. <laughs> Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Attempt to lay hands on the sick. Mark 16, 17 to 18. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Attempt it. Praise the name of the Lord. Attempt to pray for the sick in the name of Jesus. You'll be amazed at the miracles that will flow through your hands. And these shines shall follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Verse 18. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly heat thing, it will not by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Attempt to pray for the sick. Hallelujah. Attempt to do what? To pray for the sick. You'll be amazed at the miracles that will flow through your hand, because you're a believer. As we bring this series to an end, we're entering another year. Reflect over your life, what you will do for the kingdom. 
This is not about a man. This is not about a church. One of the resolve I made as we're going into the next year is I'm going to increase my giving to the kingdom. I'm going to increase my commitment to the kingdom. I want to do more things for God. Time is not waiting for you. You will not always be young. Praise God. You realize you're young right now. Before you know you have one child, you have two kids, you're looking after the education, you're looking after this. There's no time anymore. Sometimes we want to do something. I'm like, how do we travel? How does, who do we leave our children with? We can't. Praise God. We can't because now they have to be in school. They have to do this. They have to sometimes, for our last mission trip to Kenya, my kids have to meet, they have to miss like 10 days in school. So we could go there. That's the sacrifice. That's the sacrifice. But attempt great things for God. Let's be challenged. The kingdom needs our resource. Genuine ministers of the gospel needs our support. They need sons of encouragement around their lives. People need to hear the truth. People need to hear this message. It's the message of life. Let's put it all over. Let's get it everywhere. Let's be committed to spreading the gospel. One thing I know, you will never give your life for the sake of the kingdom and regret it. You might not have many things in this world to show for it. But you have your eternal rewards. I know sometimes it's hard to measure those things. Because we want things they can measure. Even your family will call you. That when men are talking, don't be talking. <laughs> Say, this is not Bible. This is real life. Say, but we have decided to seek the honor that comes from God. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet and just pray. Just pray and ask the Lord to help you. To make the right decisions. Just tell yourself, I'm going to be more committed to the kingdom. I'll give more to the kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's just lift up our voices and just pray for a moment. Oh, Jesus, we recommit our lives to you, Jesus. That we will do more for the gospel. We'll be more committed for the truth. We'll do all that's in our power to spread the word of God. Oh, Rabash. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.